All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Nas Society. What's up, family? Hope y'all had a good weekend, man. Thank you for tuning in. All around the world, thank you for the support. Thank you for the messages. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the emails. Man, we got a show today, man. Got a lot to talk about, man. Uh, you know, Chicago's been buzzing. It's been buzzing. Today has been one hell of a day. So if you ain't in from Chicago, you ain't nowhere near Chicago, you might want to listen to this episode, man. And if you're from the crib, you already know what's going on, but somebody got to talk about it, man. Somebody got to talk about it. So we're going to go ahead and dig in, man, but definitely tune in. Thank you, guys. Let's get it. All right, all right. What's going on, family? It's your boy Reggie moving forward, man. We back at it again. Week two, episode episode two, season one. Thank you for tuning in for the Nine Society, man. Hope everybody had a good week, good weekend. Uh gonna jump right into it, man. Uh, cause stuff's been happening kind of crazy all day. So if you're from Chicago, you already know what's going on. But if you don't, if you're not from Chicago, if you're somewhere around the world, different cities, New York. Lay, wherever. Chicago's been going crazy today, man. Been going crazy today, man. So just to catch y'all up a little bit. Um, there was another riot over the night. Uh, downtown Chicago. Gold Coast. Stores like Marshalls, jewelry stores. Everywhere downtown is of some, some type of substance been looted. Broke into by our people. Why you ask? Of course. Last time we had a big looting around the world, it was because George Floyd died in Minnesota by Caucasian law enforcement. So everybody felt like it was justified to take a stand, right? To to stand for something. We was tired of getting killed by the police. We was tired of being disrespected by the police. So not just Chicago, cities around the world took a stand and looted all over the world, man. At that point, we didn't really care about what people thought about us. We just want to take a stand. I understand that. That's how it's supposed to be sometimes, man. Sometimes you got to, you know, let your voice be heard. But today in Chicago, Illinois, over the night, a lot of stores was broken into because there was an incident involving the police, and it was in the incident, there was a young man, a black man. But it's a little different. It's a little different because this time, the young man, allegedly, according to reports, shot at the police and the police shot back at him. So think about that for a second, you know, because we look at incidents like Breonna Taylor, of course, George Floyd, you know, people around the world has been victimized. Didn't have any law, didn't have any uh, guns or knives or weapons. But in, the, in this incident, the young man was allegedly firing at the police, police fired back at him. So the, fit, the city felt like they needed to do something to respond to that. And they went and looted into a bunch of stores. This time, opposed to how it was back a couple months ago, they hit, they targeted downtown Chicago. Broke into a lot of jewelry stores, a lot of stores that was just on the strip. And according to reports, 100 people was arrested. Two people were shot, actually. 13 people was harmed, had to be hospitalized. So I want to talk about that for a second, man, because our people, when I say our people, I'm talking about African-American people, man. We, especially here in Chicago, we have to know what we're fighting for, you know? Over the last couple of weeks, over the last couple of months, there were seven little kids killed by gun violence. If you remember last show, I talked about gun violence and the impact of who's having a gun, who's carrying a gun, and the uses of using a firearm, right? Seven or more kids, four years old or younger, was killed by gun violence. You want to know what the city did? You know what our black people did in response to that? 
They went to day parties the next day. They went to barbecues because it was 97 degrees outside. They did things to enjoy the weather, but you hear reports about a young man firing back at the police or firing at the police or whatever it is. Not even 24 hours later, they're downtown looting and stealing, shooting. Where's our focus, man? Where's our focus? You got guys on the news being uh, interviewed, talking about, yeah, our people are sick and tired of being killed by the police. Is that the reason why we're doing this now? What's the real reason, though, is what I want to know. Because what are we fighting for? My hearts and prayers go out to everyone that's lost any family members to gun violence over the last however long especially to the, the family that's lost little kids to senseless violence that had that was very innocent, had nothing to do with anything. But we have to change our focus. We have to change our focus. And it starts actually in our own communities. Like I said, the things that we do, we have to look back on ourselves and see the consequences of those. On the news, there's Various videos and pictures with people taking store, taking things out the stores, putting them in their cars, no mask on their face, just plain as day you can see their face. I don't think they think about the consequences. I don't think they think fully about the consequences of what could happen. It's all about a come up. Now, I could see if once again, because you hear it all the time about how law enforcement kills, guns down, abuses, beat up our people. I can see a retaliation from that. But I feel like this is just an instance just to react, just to make a come up. Because I'll be honest, I know a lot of people that from the last looting incident a couple months ago, they would try to profit off of what they stole, right? So let's say you stole some some liquor. Let's say you stole some jewelry. Let's stole, you stole some shoes or whatever it is. You're trying to turn it into a profit by selling to other people. Now, is that really justice that you're seeking by stealing? Or is it a come up? So we're doing the verses here. The verses is really about what are we doing this for? What are we fighting for? We have to rechange our focus. We have to shift our focus, man. And that's, what, that's all I'm saying about the situation because... Nobody deserves to be shot by the police. Nobody deserves to be shot by your ops. Nobody deserves to be shot, period. Three and four-year-olds don't deserve to be shot because they're in the park plan. At some point, we have to address this gun issue. Talked about it a little bit last week, but I really want to know where your stance is about that because there was a report over the weekend last Saturday Actually, there's a church on the south side of Chicago that was given $100 for every gun that was turned in. No questions asked, right? No question asked. Turn in the gun, you get $100. Take a guess how many guns was turned in on that Saturday. Now, I don't know how long it's been advertised. Maybe it was a day, maybe it was a week, maybe it was a month. But I know I've seen the advertisement probably a week prior and reports saying that the amount of guns that was turned in on that day was less than 30. Now think about that for a second. There's probably over a hundred hoods or societies and groups or whatever all over Chicago. Having a gun in Chicago is not it's not hard to get. To have 30 guns turned in out of, let's say, let's put a, a number on it, let's say 10,000 just on the south side alone. That's that's not something that's just happening. Where are these guns? What are we gonna do about that? We got law enforcement, we got a mayor, we got a you know, 
We got Ken Fox. We got everybody that's supposed to be above us to take care of us, to look out for us, right? Our communities, our families, our elderly, our homeless, our whatever it is. We, we have people that's supposed to cover us as citizens of the city of Chicago, right? And I'm just speaking right now in particular over Chicago because that's where I'm from. That's where the non-society has begun. But it's anywhere in the world. It could be, like I said, New York, Tennessee, Houston. It could be anywhere in the world, right? Us as black people have to reshift our focus and see what are we fighting for? Because we're already labeled, right? We're already labeled because of the color of our skin. So we're already in the negative according to society's views. What are we doing this for? Really? It's a focus that I think we need to kind of get in tune with. That was kind of alarming just to hear the numbers that was going on as far as a gun turn in, right? And then to hear about what, what happened downtown, all the expressways are shut down. People can't get to work. Businesses lost out on millions. I mean, you tell me what you think. You tell me what you think about this whole situation because at some point, it has to stop. But how will it stop? Americans say they can do all type of things. They're going to hold people accountable. They're going to lock people up. Like I said, over 100 people was locked up just in one day alone on one incident. But what's going to happen to those people, right? Are they going to bail out? Are they going to get a good lawyer and beat the case? Like so many things, like so many incidents that we see, what's really going to happen? This is what I propose, right? This is what I propose. I feel like it starts with our own communities. And it's the small communities. The communities that's Inglewood from 63rd, in, in, in Stony Island to 63rd in California, whoever, you know, just wherever. It starts in our own communities. We need someone to gather up our youth, ages between 13 and 19. We need actually somebody to gather up the grown folks because the grown folks ain't got no damn sense either, right? It has to be somebody to hold somebody accountable. It takes one person to reach one person. Now, one person reaches another. Because really how this all started was a group of people spread the word on social media, spread the word among, amongst the community. And it spread up and it spread up and it spread up until everybody got to the point where they just met up at a certain place. That's why I think it starts, man. And it has to stop. Because our city is crumbling. Chicago is one of the most attractive places in the world. One of the biggest cities in America, richest cities in America. And we look like a sideshow. We're crumbling. Our people are lost. We have to do better. We have to do better, man. But it starts with the calm. We have to come to a resolution about this because our kids can't keep dying. We can't keep reacting to everybody that's getting killed by the police, especially people that's shooting at the police. i tell you this. If I was a cop, if I was a cop and I responded to a 911 call or any type of situation and I seen someone point a gun, ain't even have to fire, point a gun at me, would I shoot at them? I want you to ask yourself that question. If somebody pointed a gun at you, Let's not forget that you're a cop. Just in general, if somebody pointed a gun at you and you had a gun yourself, would you shoot back? We have to think about what we're fighting for. That's all I'm saying. Are we fighting for justice? Are we, fun, are we fighting for profit? Are we fighting for unity, camaraderie? Or are we fighting to make a couple of dollars? Are we fighting to, to, to stunt amongst our community and our friends? We got to do better, man. We got to do better because this is getting to a point where it's ridiculous. Had to touch on that topic, man. Had to touch on it, but 
We got to do better. We got to do better, Chicago. Come on, man. We got to do better. That's all I'm going to say about that, man. If you got something to piggyback on, let me know. Like I said, we can piggyback on this topic again next week, like we always do. But I feel like gun violence, looting, shooting, gang violence, this stuff that can go on any episode, man, we can talk about this forever, but every episode, every season, whatever, because it's ongoing. Until we change this narrative, it can, it can always be brought up. Let me know your thoughts, man. Email me, send me a message. Thank you for everybody that reached out for last show. Last show did really good. I appreciate it. But man, we, we got to talk about this, man. We got to talk about it. All right, so right now we're going to take a break. We're going to get into the Nas updates and we're going to get into the topic of the night, man. It's a hot one. Yes, sir. Welcome back, family. Welcome back, Nas Society, man. Thank you for everybody that's tuning in around the world. All right, so we just got off that. I just had to get it off my chest about the shy because the shy is my city, man. It's my home, so I'm born and raised, you know? It's my heart. I got a tattoo on my body. So we, you know, it's. I just want us to do better, man. We got to come together and we got we to gotta change the narrative, man, because we already in the negative, according to society's views, you know? So we we got to do better, man. Okay, so now, man, let's just... Let's just brush up, man, on some of the Nas updates. What's going on else around the world, man? What else is cracking out here, man, inside of the, all the violence and the shooting and the looting and all this, you know what I'm saying? What, what else is going on, man? So talk about what happened over the week, man. Of course, if you're on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, I'm sure you've already heard of or seen the music video with Cardi B and Meg Stallion called or WAP, whatever. I mean, obviously, you know what it stands for. Um, <laughs> but I just, I really want to touch on this, man, because I've seen mixed reviews. I've seen people saying it was fire, it was dope as shit, it was all that. Then people saying, oh, it's trash, it's garbage, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, give me your thoughts on it, man. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those videos that you you can I can see how you have mixed reviews on it because there's a lot of people that's fans of Megan Thee Stallion. There's definitely a, a lot of fans that's, uh, of Cardi B, you know. Um, but here's my take on it. All right, okay. So I saw I watched the video, okay, and initially uh, I didn't know what to expect because you look at the title, you don't know what it really means until you actually see the video. Okay, right. So you look at the video, you see. Breast out, you see butt out, you see tongues out, you see girl on girl, you see it just the the typical video, really, right? The typical music video with or, or female rappers or female whatever, right? So here's my thing. I think that we live in a society, we live in a generation that's so trendy, right? I think trendy is in. I feel like content is kind of taking a step back. But what's trendy is in. And what is trendy? Of course, big breasts, big butt, makeup, eyelashes, girl on girl, freaky talk, gangster talk, whatever it is. You so whatever's trendy in 2020 is what's gonna sell, what's gonna pop, right? I look at female rappers like that. I look at Cardi B, you know, and I look at Megan Thee Stallion, and I've listened to some of their, their, their records, and I'll just say this, man. I remember when hip hop and R&B female wise was just on a different level, man. You know what I'm saying? Missy Elliott, you know, Rhapsody, where y'all at that? Well, my old school, who know about Rhapsody? Rhapsody, you know, Lady of Rage. I know that's that's real throwback for some of y'all, you know. Uh, you know, just Queen Latifah, man. Just those type of female artists, female rappers, right? Can you think of any video that any of them had where they was just flaunting their, their bodies in a way that it took off the views of the content of what they were saying as opposed to what they're wearing, right? But then again, back in the 80s and the 90s and stuff, what was trendy was was bars, was content, was layers, was 16. We was ready for somebody to drop that hot 16 on you. Queen Latifah, goddammit, she wore... It seemed like she wore a, a suit and a dashiki all the time, but she had bars. She was respected. 
MC Light. These women was respected. I'm going to give you another one that you probably didn't even think. Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill was a rapper. Now, she can sing her ass off, probably better than anybody, any female out here, still. But Lauren Hill has bars, and she has lyrics, and she has content. Now, think of how that WAP video would have been if it was Lauren Hill and Queen Latifah. <laughs> would it still have been dope to you? You probably be like, ah, oh, no, it's kind of trash because whatever, whatever, whatever. I just think that we live in a society that's real image driven, man. Whatever's trendy is what's gonna sell, is what's gonna pop. And I get it. Like I said, the video was, you know, I liked it. As a man, I mean, any man would like it, but what the, the content of it, you know? The content of it was, of course, it had to go with the theme of the title, and I get all that. I get it, you know, but I just want real hip hop back and I want real rap back. I want real artists back. You know, I want real content back. I want stuff that I can play for 20, 30 years. You know what I'm saying? Would this song be played 20, 20, 30 years from now? Probably in a strip club. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, but I like content, man. You know, maybe I'm just the older person, but I like the content of a music, you know, uh, I still play Method Man to this day, you know. I, I play song, I play songs that was content driven, was was verbally inspiring. So it's just trendy. I mean, I'm not knocking the song. If you want my views on it, I think it was okay. Uh, but I just think that it's it's just it's trendy. It goes with everything that, that goes along right now. Man. I mean, tell me your thoughts. I mean, like I said, I've seen a lot of different views on it. Either way, I mean, I can't hate on either one of them. Both of them started from the bottom and they worked their way up. You know, maybe it's because they use their body, not saying in a sexual way, but I'm saying they use what they have physically to kind of get where they is. But they both of them is very talented. You know, uh, Cardi B still, I like her. You know, I'm kind of getting a little bit more in tune with Megan Thee Stallion or whatever in her raps. Uh, but I just like the content, man. I want old rap, old hip hop back. I want content, I want legs. You know, I'm a music head. This is what I require. This is what I like. Tell me your thoughts, man. We'll talk about it. I mean, that's just, that's just what I thought about it, man. I mean, but like I said, everybody has different views, all right? That's one thing. Now, I also want to talk about uh, something that is still with Chicago, but it's, it's going on around the world, you know? Um, there was a Chicago rapper, while we're talking about rap, that was gunned down and killed, actually in the Gold Coast, Chicago. Uh, name is Duck, FBG Duck, right? So if you haven't heard about him, you know, he's got a lot of videos and a lot of interviews around the city of Chicago. Uh, he was gang affiliated, but he was still respected around among his peers. I know a lot of my friends knew him. I know a lot of uh, one of actually one of my good friends, one of my brothers. Uh, he mentored him as well. Um, but he 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 reminds me similar to my favorite rapper in this aspect, not lyrically, because I'm not really familiar with his music. But I know all the interviews that I've read all the interviews that I've seen, he had a mentality where it was like, he's not going to run from what's here. You know, a lot of rappers kind of move away from where they are because of an identity crisis, right? Um, but it's like he foreseen his own, I ain't going to say death coming, but he was ready for whatever. Biggie Smalls is my favorite rapper of all time. Biggie always, I don't remember one time or one interview or one rap that I heard him not say he don't think he's going to see to this age. He's going to, he don't think he's going to see to past this age. He was always ready to die. He always had that mentality that he was living life. He was enjoying his family. He was enjoying money. He was enjoying freedom. But at any day, he'd be taken out. And he meant that to his core. That's what I think this young brother did, man. I think this brother really embodied what it is to know the streets of Chicago. Know the streets in general, but Chicago in particular, because he's been shot before, you know? He's been shot by his officer, been shot going to the to the store. I mean, he's been in altercations where he had to fear for his life. He has children, so obviously he wants to, you know, stay, he wants to stay alive for his children, but he knew what it is and he respected the game. And my hearts and my prayers go out to his family. But it's just another, like I've mentioned in the, the segment before. This topic can go is ongoing, man. Gun violence 
is one of the most prevalent issues that we face as African-Americans, whether it's police killing us or us killing us. This gun violence has to be addressed. Uh, and I think that it's something that we need to address it sooner than later. Like I said, his brother was young, young and full of life. Regardless of what he chose to do with his life, uh, as far as any type of gang activity, that was his business. He was real respected. He was well loved. Everybody that I know that knew him, loved him, respected him, and they miss him. My heart goes out to his family. But at what point do we address this, right? Even though this brother kind of seen certain things happening in his life and was ready for whatever, why is that the mentality that our young black men are having now? Why are they having this mentality that I can go at any day because somebody don't like me, because this set don't like me? You see what I'm saying? Our kids, our, our our teenagers, man, our youth is just, we're going away too soon, man. It's because senseless, senseless stuff. I think there has to be some type of accountability that goes along with that, right? Um, who do you hold accountable for that? Because we don't have any black leaders like there was with Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or, or, or people that stand up in, in our own communities like our, our, our grandfathers or our, uh, or our uncles that was old gangsters that changed their life around and wanted everybody else to change, right? We don't have that type of leadership. So who do we hold accountable for brothers like this brother Duck that lost his life probably on a day where he felt like he was downtown just doing what he wanted to do, just shopping, whatever he was doing. But who do we hold accountable for that? And I think it starts with our own community. Like I said, I think it starts with our own people. That's the people that surround us. Because at some point, we can't keep losing 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds. We can't keep losing these teenagers. We can't keep losing these little babies to guns held by people who don't have the mentality where they want to save somebody's life. My hearts and prayers go out to this brother. I haven't listened to his music. I listened to a couple of videos or whatever. I've seen some interviews. I mean, I did a lot of research on him, man. And I, you know, it's just it's just a shame to hear because this stuff happens every day. It happens every day. And we have to change this narrative, man. At some point, we have to. Like I said, one of my close friends with my brother, man, mentored this boy, mentored this brother for a while and got to a point where he connected with him. And I feel like I wish I would have had a chance just to meet him and just you know, just to talk to him, just to hear his story, hear his side of things, because you can learn a lot about a person by looking in their eyes and listening to their story from their mouth, not from what other people say, but from their mouth. So once again, my prayers go out to that brother and his family, man. And uh, it's just something that we got to change, man. It's one of the things that's a touchy subject. But like I said, gun violence is, is one of the most prevalent issues among African-Americans, especially in our climate right now that's going on. All right. Last update for Nas, man. We're going to go to sports. So we touched on some entertainment news. We touched on some society news. We're going to go to sports for a second. Um, this one is another one that hits home for me because one of the most underlying issues that we don't talk about right now in our communities as far as relationships is domestic violence, right? Domestic battery, stuff that goes on in our community that's behind the scenes. So in the NFL, we have, Running back, star running back, actually, for the Washington Redskins. Well, I'm sorry. Let's change that again. The Washington football team. <laughs> Remember, they changed their name, right? They ain't even have a name. They just changed it. So Darius Geis, right? Star running back. Was released by the team just this weekend, actually. Was released by the team because allegedly he has a domestic battery case against his girlfriend, all right? His girlfriend came out to the public, said that he choked her and she was left unconscious for a while, said she feared for her life. Made all these things about him. I mean, do we know the truth? No. My heart goes out to that young lady and uh, her family. Um, but this is, another, this is another situation where we look at the NFL players. We look at Ray Rice. You know, we look at Kareem Hunt. We look at these other players that's, that's African-American men that's in the news 
for domestic violence. And all of these players that I just mentioned, Ray Rice, Kareem Hunt, Darius Geis, the list goes on and on and on. They've been cut by their teams. So this, this is what I want to say about that, okay? I want to make my point very, very clear. Domestic violence in any relationship, whether it's against the woman or the man, is not cool. I don't, I don't approve of that. No man should put his hand on any woman. No woman should put their hand on any man. I want to repeat that last part because that goes underlined all the time. Because women, some women, of course, feel obligated to, what's the word they use? Try. They use the word, they, they try to, they try their man. So they hit him. They punch him, they smack him, put their finger in his face, whatever. Now, of course, we grew up in a society, well, we used to grow up in a society where they were saying, well, you're supposed to walk away. Now, of course, you're supposed to walk away. Men, if a woman punches you in the face, smacks you in the face, the right thing to do is to walk away, clear your head, move around. Not every man is like that, though, man. If we want to be honest, if we're going to keep it real, not every man is that strong to just walk away. So I don't know what happened in the situation with Darius Geis. I know he has a lot of potential. I know he's very young. But this is another case of another player, African-American man, that lost out on millions of dollars because of something that happened domestically with his relationship. So what's the, what do we have to do about that? Because it's not just NFL players. It's not just NBA players. It's everyday life. Every relationship deals with certain issues where they feel like it can get physical. I think it's something that I would say is more prevalent in the African-American communities, in the urban communities more so than anything. But uh, it's happening way too much. And then especially with domestic violence, women get mentally damaged for a long time with that. You see what I'm saying? A woman can get hit on. And it could bother her for years and years and years and give her a traumatic, something so traumatic that she's afraid to love again. She's afraid to be around another man. She's afraid to be around her sons or father or anything like that. You know, uh, us as men, we hold such a strong demeanor about us physically and mentally. Sometimes even if we yell at a woman, she trembles and it affects her. Right. So it has to be a certain way that we approach situations with our spouses. Um, and I think that that needs to be talked about because everything doesn't have to result in violence. Uh, actually, I don't know a lot of things that have to result in violence, to be honest with you, but I definitely know domestic violence is one thing that we need to change the narrative on because nowadays, especially as a black man, if you get caught, if the police come to your house for domestic battery, oh, you're getting locked up. And not only are you getting locked up, if you don't got a damn good lawyer, that's gonna be a charge on you. That's gonna be it's gonna be a charge. So you you have to be careful, man. And they is not playing with these domestic batteries. All right, they not. They will lose you. They will give you baseball numbers out here, and they treat it real real serious. So I feel like it happens too much in the NFL. I just named three running backs in the last couple of years that it's happened to, but it's happened to other players in the NFL. It's happened to players in the NBA. It's happening all over the world, really. I mean, and if we want to reverse it, we can think about Earl Thomas for the Baltimore Ravens just last season, a year ago, right? Earl Thomas is married. Earl Thomas and his wife got into an argument. Earl Thomas left the apartment, went over to his brother's house. His wife followed him, right? Walking to her brother, walked to his brother's house and saw Earl Thomas his brother having sex with two women, right? So I'm going to repeat that for you just to catch you up. Earl Thomas plays with the Baltimore Raiders. Him and his wife got into an argument. He left the house, went to his brother's house. His wife followed him. She walked into the house of the brother and called Earl Thomas and his brother having sex with two women. What did she do? She assaulted him. She hit him. She punched him. But she pulled out a gun pulled out a gun and chased him out the apartment. So we have to look at it both ways. 
all right? I feel like everything is tied back to gun violence, but it's such a prevalent issue, man. It's such a prevalent issue. Now, of course, she was emotional. A lot of women said, or a lot of women would say that she, she should be justified for what she did, but nothing should result in domestic violence, especially with a gun. If she would have killed all four of those people, she would have been spent the rest of her life times two in jail. So sometimes we have to get to a mentality where we just thinking, man. We have to kind of take our time to think for a bit because the decision we make out of anger in five seconds can cost us 50 years. Really got to think about that, all right? All right, we're going to take one more break, then we're going to get to the topic of the night. Stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Thank y'all for the support, man. I thank everybody that's been sending me emails, has been hitting me up on my messenger, sending me texts, whatever it is, man. Uh, definitely go check out the website, www.nasociety.com, man. I appreciate the love and support. Um, special shout out. want to give a shout out, man, to Simply Sade, man. We partnered together. She's doing really good with her, her bundles and her hair. Check out her website, www.simplysade.biz. Uh, man, she got a lot of good stuff out there for you ladies, man. Definitely check her out. All right, so look, we're going to get into the topic, all right? This topic is something that has desperately been needing to be addressed, okay? So my whole theme, of course, is not being a statistic, not being labeled, not being stereotyped, not being judged, however you want to wrap it, right? So the topic on today, episode two, is the physical stereotype, all right? Let's get into that a bit, okay? Okay, so check it out. If you've never seen me before, physically, or even if you've seen a picture of me before, I'm six foot four, 225 pounds. I have a nice body chiseled or whatever. I have a lot of tattoos, I have a beard. I guess people could say I'm light-skinned, but I think I'm brown-skinned, whatever. Uh, I have a deep voice. I mean, whatever it is, I have all, all of those, right? So you think about all, think about those traits. Six four, nice body, tattoos, beard, bald head. What's the first thing you think of? Give you a second. Seconds up. I'm automatically judged as a player. Got a lot of females, a charmer, thought, whatever. I mean, whatever the words they use in that, you know? What is the what is that really about? Okay. Okay, let's flip it to the women because women are judged by their appearance. You know, I remember doing a topic before. Women are judged by their appearance. Men are, men are judged by their work, by their job, right? If a man works at McDonald's, a person will look at him down. A woman will look at him like he ain't do nothing for him. Which very may be true as who am I to judge? But if a woman looks a certain way, wears a certain amount of clothing or less thereof, she's labeled, right? If a woman has nine kids and she's 28 years old, she's labeled, right? If a man is uh, short, under five foot, he's labeled, right? The physical stereotype, I want to touch on that a little bit. Just because you look a certain way don't mean you are the way that society views you, okay? Take a second to just think about that. Just because you look a certain way doesn't mean you are the way that society views you. I remember Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is one of my favorite comedians, right? Dave Chappelle had a joke saying, there was a young lady walking down the street. All right, I wanna make sure I get it right. It's <laughs> a young lady walking down the street. So he walked up to her. She had on these booty shorts. She had on a shirt that showed off her breast pretty big. 
and she was walking down the street. So the young man walked up to her and was like, damn, baby, you look good, man, how much, right? And she said, excuse me, just because I look like this don't mean I'm a hoe, which is very true, right? Very true. He used the analogy that what if a policeman was walking down the street? A policeman had on a uniform and a man walked up to him and said, oh my God, sir, 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 please help me. I'm in trouble. And a policeman was like, just because I have on his uniform, does that make me a police officer? <laughs> right? So it's, it's the same kind of connotation, but it's different. Just because a person wears something doesn't mean they are what you think they are, right? Women are very comfortable wearing clothes that accentuates their body. And it could be just because that's what they, how they want to look. Now, don't get me wrong. There's women out here that want that certain attention. And that's their thing. What am I to say whatever? But a lot of women want to feel good in their own skin. All right? Doesn't mean that they're looking for anything. They can be looking for nothing. It may be just a self self-evaluation of themselves to make them feel comfortable. And I feel like that goes with anybody. It can be, it can be just women or men. It can be teenagers. Because we live in a society right now, especially in 2020, where teens have their own identity. Now, I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. A lot of teenagers wear their pants off their butt. And it's something that I've seen almost every day. It's trendy. I remember back in the day, maybe in the 80s and 90s, kids was wearing their pants backwards, crisscross. You know, it was the trend. Hot top phase, it was the trend, you know? Now the trend is pants half off your butt, dreads down, and I mean, it's a trend, right? But you tell me what you think when you see a young man walk down the street with his pants hanging off his butt and he has long dreads. You can't tell me you don't automatically put him in a box. You don't automatically stereotype and judge him. You don't know that man. You don't know that kid. He could be the smartest kid in the school, straight A's. He could be the star football player on his team. But because of how he looks, you're judging how he how he how he is. Especially the locks. It's another thing that's real prevalent. I think our society has such a image-driven, image-driven mindset that it don't matter what it is, you are automatically put them in a box. So I touched on, I mean, it could be men with the tattoos and the beard, especially the beard. What is with this beard thing? I think this beard thing has really put every man that has a beard in a box, especially if you're tall. Especially if you have tattoos, especially if whatever, 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 you automatically label, you know? And of course it's not fair. Of course. You can't label a person just by the first thing that you look at. Of course, you, if you look at them at the first time, you may think something, but you can't just put them in a box like that. So we went on men, we went on women, we went on teenagers. Another big one that I want to talk about, I want to know your views on, like I said, send me a message, man. We'll talk about it. I want to know what's up with this light skin versus dark skin, right? <laughs> it's been going on for years that I could think about it. A long time. Light skinned men are always viewed and labeled as weak or soft or less than or unmasculine for whatever reason. And men, dark-skinned men are more dominant, aggressive, assertive, whatever you, I mean, it's just the connotation that people, our society puts people under. Give you a perfect example. Drake, right? Anybody that look at Drake would think that he's a light, he's a light-skinned black man. Everybody thinks that he's uh, probably soft, or he has a uh, less masculine thing going on with them, right? But that's just the way that the world views light-skinned men. You know, think about back to Albie Shore or, uh, you know, guys that was back in the day. You know, Lionel Richie, you know, all the guys that was singing or whatever, you know, 
it, it brings you to a mindset that light-skinned men are singers and dark-skinned men are rappers. You know, rappers are this big dominant thing and light-skinned men are, and singers are soft. So it's everybody put in the box, right? My take on it is that I feel like everybody is their own person. You can't judge people by their color, their skin, man. Come on, man. I mean, if you black, you black, you know? You black, you black. Everybody has a different character trait that makes them who they are. Just because you light skin don't mean you soft or less masculine. Just because you dark skin don't make you dominant and in control. I think that really what did that is social media. Social media, music videos, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, the music awards, all this stuff that once again is image driven that has us viewing things how they want it to. And it's going on a lot. But what I will say about that is certain situations <laughs> I do think about, you know, like, like Chris Brown, Chris Brown, or who's another one of my favorite rappers? Uh, I mean, our rappers were singers, but all the singers that I know are either light skinned or really brown skinned, you know, Usher, Genuine. I mean, I don't know. Do you go down the list? I don't really know any dark skin singers other than Tyrese. Even people was giving him some flack because before Baby Boy, you know, it was kind of, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a, it, it got past the light skin versus dark skin thing. It went to a singing versus rapping thing, you know? So it's automatically putting both in the box. I don't like that, man. I don't like people being judged because of their skin color, because of their music choice, because of anything, man. Because the truth of the matter is, Talent is talent, you know? If you're talented, you're talented. That has to be a topic, man. It has to be something that we're talking about because it's going beyond the music. It's going into schools. And as you know, kids can be really cruel. Elementary schools, grammar schools, high schools. If you looked at a certain way, if you light skin or dark skin, you that can really dictate the next four years of your high school experience. And kids are traumatized by that, especially in elementary school. I'll tell you this, when I was between third and sixth grade, you know, I was one of those kids that had a lot of acne, real skinny. I was definitely one dark skin. Uh, but their perception, that, that goes to show you how long this has been going on. The perception of a black man or a black kid but a kid that's dark, I mean, that's brown skin or light skin gets treated differently in these schools. And nobody would talk about it, but it happens. So we got to get back to the habit of letting our kids know just because you dark skin or you light skin don't mean you're different. Don't mean you're bad. Don't mean you're good. Because these kids will put in your mind that you're a certain thing, but you're not. Black is beautiful. All black is beautiful. Light skin, black is beautiful. Brown skin, black is beautiful. Dark skin, black is beautiful. Black is beautiful in general. We got to make that more of a focus. We can't keep separating these colors and making it like it's, you know, different, you know, ethnicity groups. Black is black and black is beautiful. We got to focus on that, man. We'll take one more break and we're going to close out. Family, my family, nah, society, man. Definitely want to thank everybody for tuning in, man. This was a great show. Uh, talked on so much, man. I feel like I ain't have enough time to really get into it, what I want to talk about, man, a lot. But as always, man, send me your emails and your thoughts, suggestions. Thank you for everybody once again that's been flooding me with thoughts and concerns and questions about everything or whatever and topics. I love it. Keep it going. Uh, just to piggyback on some of the things we talk about, Chicago, the shop, please let's do better, man. I love y'all. Chicago, 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 man. Let's, let's do better. It starts with our own communities. It starts with leadership. It starts with brotherhood. It starts with having a, 
a bond, a camaraderie, a unity, man, to just build this shit together. We can do it, man, but it starts with us. The looting and the shooting, man, just to sell it, you know, just to come up, it, it has to stop, man. We got to focus on the attention on why is these babies getting killed. And I hate to keep talking about it, but the gun violence, man. We got to know who's holding these guns. Too many people is holding these guns for senseless reasons, man. We got to change that narrative. We got to do that, you know? So let, let, let's, let's get on that. Also, definitely want to talk about, we talked about, touched on it earlier, about the domestic violence thing, man. It's real prevalent about amongst African-Americans, especially in the urban communities. We have to change that narrative, you know? We have to change the thought that men beat on women just because a woman said that something happened. You never know. I mean, it's women out here that's really scoring and hurt because their man broke up with them or a man cheated on them. So they want to get back at them. And they put a case on them. It happens every single day. Men can be innocent and go to jail and go to prison because of what a woman said because she was hurt. We have to address that issue of healing that hurt. You know what I'm saying? It, it has to be addressed because it's going to keep coming on and keep happening and keep happening. You know, we have to get on that. Uh, the topic of the night was big for me, man. We got to keep that going. Thank you for everybody that tuned in on that. You know, the stereotype, the physical stereotype about how a person looks. You can't judge a person on how they look. They got muscles, tattoos, a beard, a bald head, a deep voice, a big butt, big breasts, big lips, whatever, dreads, locks. I mean, at some point we have to get changed. We have to get past that, you know? Get to know the person before you give your judgment on them. Really, we shouldn't be judging anybody, but at least get to know that person before judging them. Can't judge a book by its cover. Also, thank everybody that tuned in. I also, once again, want to thank Simply Sade for combining with Nas. Check out our website, www.simplysade.biz. She had a lot of great deals going on for hair. One, I know you're trying to get your hair straight. Also, check out my brother, Goldmine Clothing. www.goldmineclothing.store. That's www.goldmineclothing.store. The apparel is fire. Fire. For men and women. Check it out. You can't forget to check out www.dawn Society, man. I appreciate everything that everybody's doing out there. Thank you for the people that's been hitting me up to the speaking engagements and just just be in tune with them. Thank you for everybody that's been following and subscribing and listening. We're going to build this thing like we've been doing it. It's going to keep growing, man. All right? Thank you for tuning in while we tune down the stereotype. It's all love. Till next episode.